1 Corinthians chapter 3. So I titled the whole message, Harvest with No Limits. Just, just imagine you and I taking the limits or the restrictions off of God in our life and just letting him do it. Just whatever you didn't think he could do, whatever you, you know, you didn't, he couldn't fix or whatever, just take it off at least for an hour. Get, get real discipline, Gary, and then let God do what he wants to do in your life. You got to give him permission to come in there and just, you know, fix the deal or all that. And we'll talk about all that in, in these scriptures today. 1 Corinthians 3, uh, chapter, or chapter 3, verse 7 through 10. I'm going to read it. I'm going to tell you what it's about. Some of this stuff you guys have heard before, uh, but it fits into this harvest time with no limits. Um, and uh, a lot of times when uh, we, we think about God in our life with no limits, we, we, we think small-minded things. And uh, we were, me and my wife were talking about, uh, we were talking to some people before they walked in Winfield Church. And we normally, when you get older, you don't have that much to talk about anymore. So we just talk about food. I, my main, I talk, I'm just thinking, you know, food and uh, that kind of thing. And I was thinking about um, when the Sewell Boaters walked in, we, we got some bacon from them. Uh, and, is, and Pastor Aaron was carving it up for breakfast yesterday. And big, thick uh, slab bacon, not store bought, but fresh off the hog, and, and just just the whole meal baptized in in grease. <laughs> just, I need an amen. amen. Even if you're health conscious, Big Steve, you're like, well, I don't need greasy food. Well, too bad for you. I'll pray for you. <laughs> God wants to to dump that type of grace over your whole life if you will allow that to happen. So I'm going to read this and we'll, we'll, t- we'll talk about what it actually is that God is saying here to the church in Corinth. Um, but you're going to have to decide if you're going to take the limits off of God because we... We have to all have to do it. it says I will start in six. Then I planted a pile of water, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers; you are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation. And someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care of how he builds upon it. Let me throw 11 in because I I talk about this. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So this is word of the Lord. Amen. So we've tried to build it our way, do it our way, and work more hours and all those things. And you've, you've tried to get everybody in line and, and it always kind of seems like a house of cards. You're like, oh, don't, don't anybody touch it and, and it'll stay up and, I, and you'll smile and go, Fred, we're doing real good right now. We just hope the wind doesn't come in, Chris, and blow the whole stinking thing over. But if you, uh, it, but if you build your life on the foundation of God and the principles of Jesus Christ, when you build on it, 
the winds of change may blow and, uh, and, and, and all that and the house may rock a little, but we all need to know that the anchor still holds. It's, it's the boat will rock and it may get rough and the seas may be turbulent and it may rock around a little bit. I want to talk to somebody that's been rocked a little bit. If you, if you, build, on, if you build on the house of God, the anchor will still hold despite the storm. So they're talking about this, the building of this church. And, you know, the Apostle Paul built a lot of churches. In this case, him and Apollos worked together on this assignment. And some people were following Apollos and some were following Paul and all this kind of thing. But I want to concentrate on here where it says, it said, God gave the growth. Verse 6, look down there and say, God gave the growth. Say that with me. God, one more time. God gave the Okay, so, or increase. Increase, if you're reading King James. Increase means to become greater in size or amount. Greater size and amount. Bring the house lights down for just a second so I can put in perspective uh, what, what size and amount and greater is when God waters something. So I'm sitting there and, and, and life is good and I'm doing this and doing that. At the farm all of a sudden, Anna says, me and Greg are coming out. I said, all right, they're coming out and they're going to do this, that, and the other. And, and then Anna always brings food when she comes. Say, say do tell. Chili. Cornbread. Let me do one more. Banana pudding. She, and then she goes, do you like banana pudding? I go, am I upright? So she heats up the banana pudding and then she takes the caramel sauce Say increase and I'll finish it. And, let, and, and she drizzled it over the top of the hot banana bread pudding. So what it was was sugar on top of sugar. And I, I shook while she was pouring it on. Let me get a drink here. Say increase and I'll take everybody drink. Take a drink. That's just... That I want you to start looking at your life, not like banana pudding or anything, but just know that God can drizzle. God can drizzle the 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 sauce over a meal that already is already great, and and you don't think that He can, but He can. All that being said, let's pray. Lord, I just pray for increase in these people's lives, whatever that means, from banana pudding to health to finances. Uh, relational uh, and, and for their kids and protection and uh, bless our service today, bless the offering today and the hands that give today um, as we continue uh, to support one another and support your work so the kingdom will grow. In thy name of Jesus we pray, amen. amen. So celebrate with applause, let the basket come by. Turn the lights back up for a second. Turn the lights back up for a second. So go with me into Genesis 8.22. And you guys know this already, but I still need to preach on it because it's a heavenly principle. Say that with me, heavenly principle. So we're, we, you can always go back, uh, Randy, to the beginning of the book to find out how God intended us to live. It's, it's pretty, pretty basic, basic uh, instruction. So I'm going back here so we can talk about this harvest with no limits. 
And it, I'm going to read this and then we're going we're to preach on it and put it in perspective. While earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Um, so these are heavenly principles. I've talked about them for years. It's going to happen that way. So get on board, learn from it, uh, get it in your life. And uh, Jim, and then you'll then you'll be prosperous. So if I go back up into into verse twenty, it says then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took some of every clean up. So we're going to get into that in just a second. Noah built an altar. Remember, he built godly people build altars. Ungodly people build idols. And um, and then when he got off the boat, he, he made this sacrifice. God said it was a pleasing aroma to him. Uh, and he said, I'll never curse the ground again. Remember, he flooded all the earth because of man's evil and, and their evil intention, he says. He said, man's heart is evil from his youth. Say that with me. His heart is evil from his youth. One more time. His That's a problem. It's a problem. It's going to get in the way of your relationship with God. My God, your God is so holy, he can't look upon evil. He can't deal with it. He can't smell it. He can't get around it. And then there, so I, I thought about this. Let me put this in perspective. So there was a guy named Noah who was a preacher. And he, and he preached from a wooden boat that he was building that nobody believed in. There was only eight that got on the boat. And he was driving wooden pins in and everybody, he's kind of like me. I remind, he reminds me of me. And, and driving in and shouting out, God's coming, God's coming, you know, and, and all this kind of stuff, Pastor Jay. And everybody walked past that boat year after year after year. All the, <laughs> I look at him, they laughed at him because he's a crazy man. He's a crazy man. He's a preacher. He's building a boat in the middle of the desert and God would never... Flood the whole earth. Say this with me. What kind of God would do that? Then that's the answer for the world. The world likes to get out there and they flail their arms and go, what kind of loving, do this with me. What kind of loving God would do that? <laughs> do that with me because that's what they do. That's how silly. Look, you know, you got to wave your head. Ah. You're telling me don't do that again, aren't you? That's how silly it looks to, to God. Well, Chris, what kind of God would do that? A God that loves people so much, he don't want sin to reside in their heart forever, but wants a relationship with them. So he deals with the sin. So he deals with the sin. I think really what we got a problem with maybe in, in, in some instances is like the parents in this thing. And, and just I'm just talking about years ago on this boat. And so they're they're all walking past, you know, Noah's out there trying to have church, and the, and the moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas are walking these kids right past Noah, and he's shouting, hey, man, you better repent. You better repent. <laughs> uh, get away from him. He's crazy. Get away from him. He's crazy. Say that with me. He's crazy. He's walking. Stevie's walking the kids past the the ark and everything, and the crazy man's up there. Repent, repent. Remember when I told you about the water? Got, got up to ankle high pan. And then people were going, well, that's just we haven't had rain in a long time, and what's happening is, I'm, I'm going to explain all this for you. What's happening 
Big Steve, is the reason it's raining that much there in the desert at that time is because of global warming. <laughs> Say, look at me for a second with a straight face and go, this is, it was climate change back then. <laughs> Noah uh, and his wife were spraying too much hairspray in the air. <laughs> you buying it? I mean, people will do that so they can make excuses well, I mean, these excuses are six and 7,000 years old. The reason it's ankle high out here now, Luker, is because there too many people were building too many bonfires and the soot went up in the clouds and, and God couldn't handle it. No, he said, I'm going to flood the earth because y'all are nuts. And they're not thinking of it too much and they... Their sandals dried out after a while. Then it got knee high. Then it got waist high. Then God called everybody on the boat, and you know what he did? He sealed it shut. And all those parents and all those grandparents that were walking past the church and walking past the Sunday room, Sunday school room, they were pounding on the on the side of the boat and go, if I can't get in, please get my children in. You know, he said, it's too late. I've already sent a preacher. So we have an issue, not just in the world, Mr. Colt, but all over America. And it's a sin issue. It isn't a climate change issue. Let, let me keep moving on. Uh, while the earth remains, so here's some things that are going to stay. Seed time and harvest. That means people that are throwing seed, they'll harvest the seed. Just if you agree, say amen. This one here is going to be difficult. Cold and heat, summer and winter. Well, I heard that the leaves are falling off the trees because whatever. It used to be something else. What was it before it was climate change? What was it? Hole in the ozone layer. Well, here's what I say to it. Leaves... They've been falling off trees since God created them. And say this with me. It's unseasonably cold. Say that just for fun. It ain't unseasonably cold. It's been like this since we were little kids. So these are heavenly principles that people are trying to redirect because they're trying to get away from God because they want them to run everything. Well, here's the problem. You can't have them running everything because everything they've run so far has been screwed up. So we got to get back to the Bible and get this thing fixed. I'll keep preaching if you want me to. Let's go. Second Corinthians. So I'm going to talk about harvest time. And, and I got to be honest with you, the guys out at Winfield, the kids out there in Winfield, they were hanging from the rafters out there. And, and again, it was like invasion of the small people. I don't know where all these humans come. And it's amazing. They get out there. So we got, we're got we having church like in the gym. And when you're going to have church in the gym, the kids are like, oh, it's on like a strong song. Ball, kicking the ball, everything. So they're out in the gravel and everything. And the, some of the parents go, look, he's hiding behind the tree. I go, that's what they're supposed to do. <laughs> look, he's in the gravel and all that kind of stuff. But isn't that what God 
wants us to do is take our families to church and let the families have fun and let the families congregate. Then afterwards, we bought pizza for everybody and we went outside and we had a bonfire. Isn't it mesmerizing? I'll say this and I'll get back to preaching because guys are amazing. Ladies, and you're married to one. After you get a fire built, it's just a matter of time before a guy's going to come and, and mess with it a little bit. Oh, I keep, it's, I told you it's like a car hood being up. You go out here in the parking lot and throw a hood up, I told you, guys will congregate even if they don't know what's going on. But it's the aroma of the hood being up. I'm sitting around watching. This is like, a, you want to talk about an experiment. So we're, we had the fire going, and I'm sitting next to some people. I don't know, Jess and Aaron. I'm going, wait, to, to see who the first guy is that's come mess with this fire. Fire's going good, you know, and it's all this and that. Next thing you know, Tommy Comer comes over, and he's, he's, one, he's, he's sniffing that he needs to do something. He picks up a log and puts it in there and messing with the fire. And you know why guys mess with fires and stuff like that? Because that's what guys do. That's how, God, that's how God created guys. These are heavenly principles that God has put in place. You can dress them up. He could have on his Sunday best, but you know he's going to be the first guy to go get another log and throw it on the fire. Or correct you if you built it wrong. And the church said amen. 9-6 says this. Uh, the point is this. Everyone, whoever so sparingly will also reap sparingly. And I did this. Uh, Pastor Jay did this after the offering. So people wouldn't give me an email going, oh, you were hawking the church pretty hard for money. The basket's already been by, so don't worry about that. <laughs> Wipe your brow and just go, whew, thank God. So when I read these principles... Uh, so let me tell you what the story's about. This is the, the Apostle Paul picking up a collection for the church in Jerusalem. That's, that's all it is, and we'll move on. And he told these people to be ready and do all this because everybody needs help sometime. Look at yourself and, or neighbor and say that. So you can think about it in, in the form of money, or you can think about it as kindness, or you can think about it as effort or service or whatever. But nonetheless, there's a seed and there's a harvest, regardless of what that is. Okay, the disclaimer's done. We'll reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Remember, he's asking the church to be ready for the collection for the church in Jerusalem. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work as it is written. Now he's quoting uh, Psalm 112, verse 9, where he talks about the distribution uh, to the poor and his righteousness endures forever. And it says, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and the increase of harvest of your righteousness. And it said, you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which is uh, through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Um, I'm going to start back here on 11 just to get that out of the way. So God's going to enrich you to be generous in every way. And remember, you don't have to be rich to be generous. You have to be generous to be generous. 
Doesn't matter if you don't have anything at all. You can still get somebody a cup of coffee or you can get them a, a open the door. So take money out of the equation. All you have to do is be generous to be generous. Do something for somebody because that's what Jesus did for you. Okay. All right, let's go back. So, and remember, increase is greater in size. Um, in, in some, and I wrote some things down so you guys could own these. Maybe your seed today is health, kindness, money, or faith. And I thought about all these different seeds, and, I, and God stopped me on the worry seed. If you sow worry, you'll get worry. I want to talk to a parent who stays up at night just a little bit, just a, almost being honest, just a little. I was up a little bit thinking about it. If I sow worry, I will receive worry. And if I sow worry, the devil will make sure that someone's around to shore up that worry. And they will worry for me if I quit worrying to remind me I need to worry because we were together to worry about whatever it is we need to worry about. And then if we're worrying, we're operating in fear. And if we have fear, we can't have faith. And then if you you don't have faith, it's impossible to please God. So what you do is you end up pleasing your own self and you're pleasing the devil and he's snickering at you. So make sure the seed you sow for sure is not worry. Mark that off your list. Just do this. Go, I I, got to quit that. I got to quit that. And and we're, we're trying to get people to get their faith a little bigger. Remember this, we need to become greater in size or amount. So this point is whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace. Say this with me, he is able. And, and grace is favor. God gives you favor, not because you're great or anything, it's just because he loves you. Remember, you, you do things for your children who don't deserve it because you got favor on them. Think about your kids real quick and it'll give you an opportunity to go, they're so cute, say that, get that out of the way. And then in this day you'll say, I can't believe you did that. And they'll call you on the phone and say, mom or dad, I need. Well, how much do you need? And you don't give it to them because they deserve it. You give it to them because they're yours. If I'm making any sense to you, say amen, mom. Yeah, I'd, I'd applaud. God loves a cheerful giver and he's able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times you may abound in every good work. So he gives you all these things so you can abound in good work, not bad work. He wants you to get involved in the things of God. He wants you to get involved in the things of God's church. And I thought about that and I I use this analogy uh, and, and, you know, it was, uh, I'll just say this. So back, back uh, and I've used this analogy before, but I want to use it again. I used it last night. Sometimes in church life, you got to worry about things because things almost seem unmanageable or there's no way we can, we can do it. And I'll, I'll put it first in financial terms. I remember, like, the first time we ever got a, 
an electric bill. I looked at that. I had small faith. So what I'm believing for today, watch this class, what I'm believing for today, I could have never believed for 20 years ago because my faith wasn't big enough. So put it in financial terms. I talked to Dr. D about it. When I seen an electric bill that was one or $200, there's no way that God is able to help us get $200 to pay the electric bill. And I, and I believe that, that God took care of that electric bill because we had faith at that time for that size of a bill. And if you know where I'm going, say amen. amen. So then as the electric bills grow and the heating bill grows, my faith needs to grow too for God to bless what it is I want to happen in my life. So I'll put it in these terms. So I remember when, when we first started doing multiple services. Say that with me, multiple. And we had uh, uh, Pastor Mark and Pastor, uh, Miss Kim, were, uh, Mr. Mark and Miss Kim were doing music. And, and, uh, and she says, we, we can't do two services because we've given all we have. On, two, on the, the one, I don't have enough for two. I said, well, how about five? Five. And then it was two, and it was three, and four, and five. And then, then, it was, then they got called, and they, they moved to Colorado. And we, we, would, we, we did church together for 16 years or so. I'm just throwing up a number. And there's no way that we could ever get that again and do that again. And then I thought, man, who am I going to get the runs? And then, I, and then I thought about it. I said, God, I was thinking like this. When I, I hold my head so it doesn't explode. I said, who could run music? I don't know who it could be. How about Pastor Bevo and, uh, and, and Janet? Is, and they all went to me. They go, oh, no, don't hire him. He doesn't know anything about music. I need somebody to talk back to me a little bit. I had to, I just I had to take the limits off of God because God can use anybody for anything at any time. And somebody's every everybody held their head like this, like, oh my gosh, don't don't hire him. He don't know anything about music. Don't Hold your head like this. Don't call on me, God. I, I, I have limits in my life, and, 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 and I can't do anything. You can't do anything if that's the way your, your faith is. And I told you, I got to finish with the story. So then Jim and Janet, they did a fantastic job. At, at first when they started, uh, no. No, no, no. Because they wanted to quit. And it came, they was going on vacation. They go, we're, we're, we're going to quit. And I go, what do you mean you're going to quit? We just started. She goes, yeah, but there's nobody here. And there's no music, musicians. And we just really don't. And I go, whoa, hold on. You're going to have to come in my office. This is a true story. Just say no limits. And they sat down at my office. And when you go into my office, people are like, we feel like we're going to the principal's office. 
I looked at them both. I said, they said, well, we're, we're going to, we're going to, uh, we're just going to kind of cash it in. We're done and we're going to do something else. I wasn't sure what it is they were going to do, but they were done with that. And I said, did God tell you that you guys were done with music? And they looked at each other and they go, no. And they went on vacation and they came back. And, and, and I actually, I don't know if you've seen it, but don't ever look it back up because I actually sang for two weeks. And then it was confirmed to them through the Spirit of God. <laughs> Just stand up real quick so they know who you are. It was probably them two combined. They go, they put their hand in their. <laughs> Bertley, they go, we can't have Pastor Pat singing. I mean, I was emptying the building quick. He's a heck of a preacher, but he can't carry a note in a bucket. And, you know, we ended up with tragedy and all that. Same thing. I was like, you know, and we've been through that. Like, you know, church is just like your life. It's not much different. And I said, well, who's going to, I, they go, well, how about we did some different things? I said, how about, uh, uh, how about Jessica? How about my niece? And I've known my niece since she's a baby. Is she wrong? I said, well, I can't trust her. I said, her capacity's not that big. And then she's too young. Say that with me, too young. She's doing a good job now, isn't she? And I could go on down to listen. You guys as stories are all the same. They're, they really are, whether it's the travelers and all the all the different ministries in, in your life. But you're you're part of the story. So when you get up in the morning and you start putting on your clothes to come to church, Demi, and and you go, well, I don't know if I've really. Put, every single person in here plays a very intricate part in this body of Christ. And we're not going to limit God. We're going to start believing God can do these things that he's done with people that go to your own church. Um, so I'm going to ask you to rise, and I'm going to preach on a couple of things. And then we got, we got two-minute testimony coming up. Uh, and you can go ahead and just bring the house lights down uh, up there. Thank you, Jackie. And I, I, I just... I'm, I'm out there in uh, Winfield, and I'm walking around, and and, uh, and uh, some people came up. They said, man, we really like your, your preaching. I said, it's just, it's just the truth. And isn't that what people really want is just the truth? I mean, when you walk in the door, just, it, just tell me the dang truth. It's, it, you know, I told you, it's like being in a dentist chair. You got, you got to do it anyways. Can God really do the, the no limits thing? If you'll take them off, if you'll take the limits off, God can fix your thing. I got some good stories I'm going to share with you here in a couple of weeks, Mickey. Some good stories. God's working. I got a couple of stories I'm going to share with you. Not this week, but coming here. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing. So the only reason God that I see in the scripture 
would multiply that seed. I just wrote a few down. Close your eyes and let it, let it hit you. And maybe I didn't name it, but you can figure it out. Health, kindness, money, faith. And... But if he multiplies it, he wants you to do something with it. How about the seed of kindness? I think that changed the world. Put all the things aside and just be nice to somebody. Um, so it says God is able and we believe he wants to do this. So I'm going to ask you the question if you've taken the limits off of God yet. I'm just going to ask that question and only you can answer that. So we're going to do this real quick. All right. Maybe you've put a limit on if you could be saved or not. Pam, that's probably one of the biggest ways. How could God ever save me? Gary, how could he save me? Only God can say that with me. Only God. Only, only God. We don't even got to go any further than that, Luker. Janet, we don't even got to go any further. Only God. Sheehan. Only God. I was just using you guys as an example last week. I said to Sheehan's, what a. You guys ought to be the, the kids, the poster child of only God. Don't you feel like that today? Only God. If you if you looked inside of our lives, Phillips, you go, only God could do that. You have no idea. We have no idea where your families have been. Leslie. Only God could sustain me and hold me up through the mess that we've been through. Grace. Favor over your life, JD. You could travel the world looking for peace in your heart and never find it until you find Jesus. So I'm going to ask you a very simple question. Are you born again? Would you like to give your life to Jesus today? I'm going to try to describe him right now. I know he's indescribable, but I'm going to try to put it in words for that person that's getting ready to get saved. And I'm not going to leave here until I see your hand raised. You say, Pastor Pat, in your best words, tell me what it's like. To be saved. Picture the best feeling you've ever had in your entire life and then multiply a million. And then when he comes into your heart, everything is brand new. Everything. Everything you say, everything you see will look different. You go, man, I never knew it looked like that until I looked through the eyes and the lens of God. People are beautiful. His creation is beautiful.
I'm ready to, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. I'm going to put all my faith in him today and trust that he's going to save my soul. I'm going to count to three. I just want you to raise your hand so I can pray for you. One, two, three, raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you right where you're at. Father God, that person that's raising their hand is identifying that they understand they're a sinner and they need a Savior and his name is Jesus. And all over, at some point in our life, we have to be bold enough to to walk that confession out in the physical. So if that's you today, I'd like you to, I'd like you to just come down here. Just you just you just say, I I, I need a savior. And and Pastor Pat has told me through the Bible that he reads, the only way into heaven is through Jesus Christ. I want you to come down here so I can pray for you. I'm not going to get in any hurry at all. Just come down here. I'm going to pray for you. Come down here. Somebody ought to be clapping right now. And I want some brothers to come down here, put their hands on these sisters to come down and pray for these people. Terry, would you come down and pray for Pastor Jay? Would you come down and pray for some people? We're going to pray for these people. And there's a couple other people in the house and maybe on live stream. We're, we're adding you into the equation today that needs some extra special dose of God's grace today. So I'm going to call Janet Lejeunet to come down here, Mark Moss, and anybody else that has lost somebody recently. Just come down here. We're going to pray for you. We're going to give you the, the power and the energy to continue on. Come on down, Brother Mark. Will some, somebody lay their hands on Brother Mark and pray for, pray for him. Do you know that prayer works? I believe in the power of prayer. If you look around the church and you just look at some of the people that are in the church, you gotta just you gotta be able to identify and go, man, there is no way this group of people would ever be in a church if it wasn't for God. Pam, God's more powerful than, than the world can describe. So don't ever give up praying for that person you're praying for today. All right. Let us pray. Father God, we've come to the point in this service where we recognize that our life is not only unmanageable, but we have a true issue. Same issue Noah had with his people issue we have thousands of years later sin has gotten in the way of a holy life we want to rebuke this sin that lingers in our heart through the blood of your son Jesus the Christ we want to pray for a transformed life with the evidence of the way we walk and talk and speak in our lifestyle for those who are giving their life to Jesus today 
we applaud that great, great decision. And for all of those who need a little extra special dose of God's love today because they've just lost someone, my brothers and my sisters, I know your heart aches today. I know that you believe today there is no way I can hardly even go on at all. And everything I walk into is a reminder of the friend or the mommy or the spouse that I've lost or my dad. And for a minute I turn to other things to try to fill the giant void in my life. But I realize and come to realize today that the only thing that can fill this void is the love of Jesus Christ himself. Oh, church, are you hearing me today? God's alive and well. What a service it is. So, Father God, I pray that you give this church, Lord God, the the attitude and the trust to continually believe in you and understand you're the only one that can fix our lives and fix the mess we created. So we give you the glory for the outcome ahead of time. Pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen.